the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's I on Real Estate on AM 970. The answer. AM 970 presents I on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back. You're listening to Ion Real Estate. I'm here with Ace Waters Park, our financing expert, and Stephen Ebert, our legal expert, and myself, real estate expert. And uh, we were in the middle of talking about mortgages and to just finish that up a little bit. First of all, um, what are the rates currently, Ace? Right now, Dottie, you're seeing rates right around 3.375 on a 30-year fixed rate. Okay. So, yeah, not, 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 too, not too high, um, but still not below the 3% range. So for folks that are looking to buy, you know, we say it every week, please look because rates aren't going to stay this low for this, for this long. So uh, we're, we're pretty much at the bottom, Dottie. Uh, the Federal Reserve... They've made a commitment to purchase mortgage-backed securities in the tune of a couple trillion dollars. Um, they won't be continuing this um, purchasing of mortgage-backed securities into 2022. So we can definitely, I think we're right at, at this juncture in time, Dottie, to at least predict that rates are going to go above 3.5%. Okay. Um, I'm going to write I, it down and reset it. Write it down, write it down, Dottie. I think we can write it down now. So Okay. Um, um, yeah. We're, we're, we only bet when it's safe. We're trying to exactly. bet being safe. Exactly. Yeah. But let me tell you something. If you're a seller, okay, now this really affects buyers, but it also affects sellers. Because remember, if you are a seller, the amount people can borrow will be Correct. less when the rates go up. They're buying power, Daddy. Yeah. Right. So what I'm telling you, sellers, if you have a good deal, and, you know, the down payment is right. Their credit is good. Um, and it's solid. Take it. Take it. Because you know what it is now. You never know what it's going to be. And as we do believe mortgage rates will eventually go up, uh, the buying power goes down. Okay. I also wanted to quickly, 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 and then I have a question for Ace. Um we always tell you about getting pre-approval. So somebody wrote into uh, our show and asked, okay, what are the steps to getting uh, a mortgage pre-approval ACE? Yeah, Dottie. So, so the steps are really simple, right? Uh, number one, meet with a banker, <laughs> hopefully someone from Citizens Bank. Uh, number two, make sure that you have your financials in order, meaning 
you have your assets, such as your checking and savings account. Um, get that ready. Uh, make sure that you have your um, savings and checking account. If you have investments, 401k, put that all together. Your income, uh, what is that? What, what's that defined as? Your pay stubs, your W-2s for the last two years. If you're self-employed, your tax returns, business tax returns. And then number three, your, ass, your assets, right? Uh, just make sure that you have all of your down payment money squared away. Um, Dottie um, mentions bank of mom and dad. You can get a gift. So make sure that whatever property that you're buying, part of the pre-approval process is the banker is going to ask you, how much are you looking to put down? Obviously, the more that you put down, the more secure and solid your offer becomes. Um, But that doesn't mean that you need to put 20% down, right? There's programs out there that will allow you to put 5% down, even 10% down. But make sure you have enough time to save um, some down payment funds uh, in, in, in order to purchase a home. So I'm just going to review it one more time. Your assets, your income, and your down payment, Dottie. And then obviously, now, last but not least, your credit. So okay, we talked about another that. question. Should you, can you lock in a rate now? Like if, when you get the pre-approval, and I guess the bank gives you a letter. Um, and when you have a pre-approval, remember something, sellers, if you have a choice of taking someone who has a pre-approval and someone who doesn't, Take the pre-approval. That yeah. means that they they're guaranteed a mortgage unless your house doesn't appraise. But I, I, can you lock in rates, or should you lock in the rates when you get a pre-approval? Yeah. So there is a program here at Citizens called Lock and Shop. So you're able to actually lock it in for thirty days. You're able to actually look for a home um, within thirty days and lock in your rate for sixty days. So you could actually go ahead and lock in prior to signing a contract. But just make sure that when you do lock in, you talk with the banker and you know what the rules are in regards to what timelines you have to close on the property. So just, um, but you're, you, you do have the ability to lock in now, take advantage of the low rates in case they do go up. And, um, you know, you have, you have six days to find the home. So just make sure you have enough time as inventory is low. Sometimes it'll take folks a couple, maybe a longer time to find the home. But if you're in the process of possibly signing the contract and you're in your last leg and you're talking to Stephen Ebert about signing that contract, it's, it's a pretty, pretty safe time to go ahead and, and prematurely lock in. So. Ace, does this cost somebody anything? No, no. It's um, All you have to do is basically um, pay the application fee, which you would pay anyway. Um, getting getting a pre-approval or whatnot. So it's, it's pr- basically free to lock in and um, you know, you're, you're on your way. So. Okay. One question. This probably involves Steven and Ace. Um, uh, a listener wrote in, what happens to your mortgage debt when you die? Um, what happens to it? You know, if you owe money and you die. Unfortunately, it's an e- it's an easy question to answer. Um, the debt, it, the estate still owes the debt. So when somebody passes on, um, you the estate still has all the assets and all the applic- and all the obligations um, in connection with those assets. So what happened is um, it would become an obligation of the estate, and then what happens is there's a federal law called the Garn St. Germain Act from 1982, which 
um, says that in the event of death, marriage, divorce, um, a variety of other exceptions under the rule, automatically, as part of that transfer, that person just takes over midstream. So it, there's no default, there's no requirement to refinance. Um, a lot of, unfortunately, institutions are so big, it's hard to get to the right person to understand and be aware of that rule, but it's called the Garn St. Germain Act from 1982. Okay, while that. we're on this, this is uh, a very sophisticated uh, uh, listener who asks, okay, so what happens to a mortgage once the home transfers? Like, in other words, if you leave your home to an heir, to your son, your daughter, um, right. if you will... And and will that person have to take over your mortgage as long as they are not co-borrowers or co-signers on your loan? The, the, the answer is yes. They have, they have so, so there's two parts to that. Number one is you don't get anything for free, even an in inheritance. So you get whatever it's worth. So if you <laughs> become the new, no freebies. <laughs> um, so um, you, you, if you got the property, you get it with the debt, at which point you have a choice. You could either take over that debt or you could say, I want to refinance and have new terms or try to pay it off. But that debt comes with the property. Um, no, no free property, unfortunately. Um, now, it goes the other way, and I'm assuming this is not going to happen. And you can ask yourself, what happens if the debt's worth more than the property? Right. What if you have an underwater property? Oh, right. Do, do you have to take that? Um, the answer is no. As an heir, you can always what we call disclaim an inheritance. You could always say, thank you so much for giving me a one hundred thousand dollar property with two hundred thousand dollars worth of debt. But I don't like that deal. And I'm going to say no, thank you. And, and an heir can turn that down. Um, they can disclaim the inheritance if it goes the wrong way. Right. And by the way, we'll talk about this on another show because it gets complicated. But a lot of times if you're doing estate planning, which is important, uh, if you are going to leave it to children, you sometimes have to leave them the money to be able to afford it or take it on, if, you know, depending on their financial things. So estate planning really comes into play. Uh, we will do a basic session on estate planning, you know, the, the, the basics, and then you really should go to an estate planner. And, you know, people always say to me, well, why would I do that? And why would I do this? I don't have a lot of money. And the point is, it's not about how much money you have. It's how much money you keep and transfer. And Stephen, you were going to say something? A C- couple of quick things, a couple of teasers to us. Number one is it's not just about the value of the estate, it's about the liquidity, right? You have a lot of people who have a lot of assets, artwork, jewelry, uh, maybe real estate. You want to make sure that there's a little bit of liquidity to pay taxes and overhead until the the, the heir could actually get some legs underneath them to actually able to run things and afford things. The other thing, which is a big warning, and it's a little bit of a tease, there is a lot of changes afoot on taxes, and one of them is estate and gift tax. There is a discussion right now. It's not the law yet, but it looks like there's going to be major changes on gift taxation and estate taxation exemption going in, unfortunately, the wrong direction. Um, so this is very important. If I could say on it, number one. We Would you really talk vari- about that with Stephen? Because really, that I mean, we weren't planning it, but 
for today, but since it is probably going to change, I think it's really important that people know this and really get their stuff in order before it does change. Would you just inform people on what they're proposing to do? So let me give a couple of key highlights, and then we can get more in depth also another time. Number one, and I want to be very clear, this is where it looks like it's going to go. This is not the law yet, but this looks like where it's going to go. So I want to give that warning. Right now, you have a federal estate tax exemption of about $11.5 million per person. They're looking at dropping that to about $3.5 million. So that's huge estate planning. And again, remember, it's a value of an asset. So if let's say you inherit a piece of art, you don't have that cash. You might be forced to sell assets to pay the estate tax bill. So this is a very important thing. You know, people, they inherit a family home. Let's say they did very, very well. They bought a property for a million and it's worth three and a half million dollars. Well, now you got to pay tax on everything else. So that's one thing. It's not as, I know it sounds like a big number, but it's not as big as it initially sounds. The second thing is they are looking at ex- ex- trading um, the gift tax. And there's a case called the Crummy case, which <laughs> it's not a bad the case. Crummy? It's actually the name Crummy. <laughs> and, so, like it. So, and it has nothing to do with either a dessert or being bad. Um, it's not crummy, <laughs> no, no crumbs or, or badness. Um, and what happened is they're thinking of making some significant changes that we call crummy trust powers. And... The um, And right now, you can give a gift of up to 15000 per person per year, effectively unlimited number of these gifts. They're looking at reducing that from 15000 to 10000 and basically limiting it from unlimited to only two per person Ooh. per year. Um, and, and this is a very big deal. And I would say on a personal level, as someone who has three kids, you know, if, if you have that gift law change, you're basically saying, which kid don't you like of the three? You know, it, it's really, you know, it's it's making a lot of real proposals that have real life impacts. And we're doing, and our estate planning uh, department chair, who I should introduce you to, uh, she's been very, very busy with people calling up saying, I have a limited window to change my gifting strategy, my estate plan because things are afoot. And what I warn people is, look, when you want to buy and do a deal of any kind, you want to do a good deal. You don't want to do it just for tax reasons. But I'm telling you right now, you have a perfect storm. You have low rates. You have some negotiability, but I'm warning people, the negotiability that a buyer has today is not what it was four months ago. Markets moved. And at the same time, you're seeing tax changes now is a really critical time. If you're thinking of an investment, this is one of those points where there's a lot of things lined up, market, inflation, taxation, mortgage rates that really affect values that are happening right now. And when people look back a few years from now, they're going to see there is a magic window here that people should really be looking into. And and, and the big, the, the smart investors are taking actions. And so if you can take anything away, at least from what I'm saying on the show today, we are in a, a very interesting time period right now. And when there's interesting things, there's opportunity. I also would want to urge people, and I tell you all the time, I try not to be political because um, that's not the aim of this show, to be political or take a side on. But I have to tell you, 
but the majority of people are not really listening to the things that are being proposed. And again, not to tell you what you should decide, but you've got to really listen to what these proposals are, even though most people say, well, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't really affect me, but it does. It affects what, what I see being proposed now is really important to a lot of people. And it's not just millionaires. And that's really what people take for granted. We don't do this show for millionaires. I mean, you'll hopefully watch us or listen to us, but if you're a millionaire or billionaire, you have an estate, you're being covered. You're doing all the right things. You have some advisors. We're We're doing this for all the people, mostly who don't think they need advisors because they don't think they have enough, but they don't think that they absolutely need it. What you do and how you plan your estate and how you and work with a, a, a person like Steve and a firm like that or Ace really is going to make millions of, it could make millions of dollars of difference in what you keep and what you pass on. And all I have to say is I've worked my whole life. I think I've worked since I'm 13. I worked very hard and I would like to see the people that I love and the charities that I believe in, well, all are good. I would like to see them get that money rather than the United States government. Hate to say U.S., but that's what I'd rather. So you want to make sure that you might think you're leaving your kids all this stuff. And then as Steve said, they have so much taxes to pay, they can't even really get it. They can't even cover it getting it so it's something that you should really look into uh, and, and if i can add one more thing on that we're such a global cosmopolitan city i want to give a warning to everyone who is not a u.s citizen so i had a conversation yesterday with with a nice gentleman he and his wife are going to be buying a place he is from the uk his wife born and raised american citizen he has a work visa and he's about and he's on the verge of getting a green card um and I warned him, and I said, by the way, I just want you to know, um, while a green card has a lot of similarities to being a citizen, it's not. And one of the things is the estate tax exemption that you get as someone with a, even a green card is nowhere near what a citizen gets. And the fact that you're married to an American citizen does not Americanize your estate tax obligations, right? You have to become a citizen. So for those of you who are green card holders, here on a work visa, here who who's married to an American, I hate to say the tax rules are different for you, and it's absolutely, you, you'd be hurting yourself and your family if you did not look into it just to make sure that you're protected. Right. Very important. Okay. We have some really more like interesting things I want Steve to talk about, but I just want to take a few seconds because we haven't done them for so long. I have millions of Dear Dottie questions. And so one of the questions was, Dear Dottie, what does it mean the price is on request? Can I do that? And what's the benefit? A price is a price. Now, I think Ace and Steve, you can give your personal opinion. I'm not a believer of prices on request. Because when I see prices on request, my mind, right or wrong, thinks, oh, that's a real high price. That's why they don't want to tell you. Okay. I don't know about you, Steve. If your clients and what you recommend them do, 
I mean, I just think put the price down and who needs a million people that don't know the price and probably can't qualify for it anyway. But what do you think about that? Oh, I'll answer. I think we're getting a little cute for a break. I think right after the break, I'll give you my thoughts. I'll keep people in suspense. All right. A cliffhanger. Did you put price on Put a price in your home. Uh, is that a better way to talk to your home? We'll be right back after the break. You're listening to Monday. Today, I've been heard from our callers. We always love to hear from you. Do you know how many Christians live in the Middle East? Six million people. Do you know how many Christians need your help? Every single one. Do you know what we can do? With St. Francis in Beirut, we can give them hope. We can give them medicines. We can give them medical equipment. We can give them everything they're looking for. Because some others decided to remove Christianity from the Middle East. But if we will help them every single day, not just to feed them or clothing, it's all about giving them another day with the idea that they are recognized, that we love them, there are cousins, sisters, there are roots. So, St. Francis in Beirut, it's all about helping Christians. And you can be part of that help too. If you want to help Father Paul in his mission, send your donations to St. Francis in Beirut, 213 Stanton Street, New York, New York, 10002. Hi, Kevin McCullough. As you know, my friend, Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop just by making the best pillow, which he did. Now Mike has gone and done it again, introducing my slippers. Uh, Mike has taken over two years to develop these slippers. They are designed to wear indoor and out all day long. Made with my pillow foam and impact gel to help prevent fatigue, they are also made with quality leather suede. For a limited time, Mike is offering 40% off his new my slippers. The my slippers are so comfortable that you'll want to get some for the whole family. Call 800-651-0798 and use the promo code AM970 or go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listeners square and use promo code AM970. You'll also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, my favorite, and MyPillow towel sets. Call 800-651-0798 and use the promo code AM970. If you're a homeowner, then you know your home is your biggest investment, and now so many homes have had to become your office as well. Hey, let's decide that this year is the last time you'll ever have to paint your house again. Talk to my friend Susan, please, at Rhino Shield to find out about this unique process. Rhino Shield is a coating. It looks like paint, but it seals and waterproofs your house or building and bonds completely to wood, brick, stucco, aluminum, vinyl, or block. Rhino Shield comes in any color you want and has insulating and soundproofing qualities and is guaranteed to never crack, chip, peel, or mold for 25 years. One person will visit your home, walk the outside, take the measurements, and you'll be emailed an estimate. Right now, Susan is offering no payments, no interest financing for one year. Call for a free estimate today, 877-744-6608. That's 877-744-6608. Rhino Shield. It's not paint. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. Welcome back. 
We're back. Um, we're in the middle of talking about some of your daddy questions, and we were in the middle of a question um, that someone called, wrote in and said, you know, I see these people that write price on request. They don't put the price. You have to call them to get it. Is that something that I should do? And I gave my opinion, and this is just an opinion. Um, I'm, Steve, you want to give yours? Yeah, I generally am not a fan of it because the real goal is you want to increase demand. And the whole point is if you have a property for sale, you want to get the highest price you can get and sell it as fast as possible. And so only if you somehow create some sort of demand would that make any sense to do. And I think for most properties, it really doesn't. Um, so you'd really want to ask if an agent is thinking about saying price upon request, I'd want to find out why that they're doing that because they should have a good reason. Maybe if it's a very unique property or some very unique issue, but generally speaking, I don't see the point. Put it out there. People are care about the price and, and get more people to visit. And generally speaking in the industry, I can tell you that most people who've done that do it because it's very high. Okay. Now if you yeah. had price on request, and by the way, I won't tell you the price, but it's under 500000 You might get a lot of responses. But generally, it's somebody that's very high. And that's why they don't want to put the price, because they think they're going to get more calls the other way. If you have a high-priced property, you don't want people who can't afford it anyway. You know, you want people that are know the price, have the right down payment, and are willing to pay that. You know, they might want to bargain a little bit, but that... You don't want a bunch of people that's just looking for like a, they think an auction or something is going to happen. So I would suggest not. Uh, obviously, there's always a case or two that is important. Um, I have a question for me. It says, I'm 42 years old and in real estate sales. I read your inspirational quotes on the internet. And you talk about never standing still, always pushing forward. Do you ever get tired of the effort? How do I new, how do I renew my enthusiasm? Now that question could be really for any one of us on the show, uh, whether it's Ace or Steven or myself. And actually that question is for everyone. Of course, when I say that I always push forward, I'm talking about two things. One is nothing to do with en energy is one thing. And of course, nobody wants to deal with somebody who is like in a depression, okay? And I hear sometimes salespeople say, oh, I lost 10 sales. I, I, my last sale fell apart. I'm like in a real, like who wants to deal with somebody like that? So, you know, I don't think people want to hear that part of it, but we all have slumps. There's nobody that gets through life that every day is great and everything in life is high and everything is wonderful. People read about someone and they'll say, oh, my God, Donnie, like you. Well, when I come out with my book, you all know, I have been through more downs and more bad times. And I think people have lived in a lifetime. OK, but you can't get stuck with that. And I always tell people when something bad happens or you you might want to wipe yourself, leave. You might want to take a day or two off. You might want to cry at home. But then wipe yourself off, you know, get yourself back and get back into the game. If I thought feeling sorry for yourself could help, eh, then I'd tell you to do it. But it doesn't. 
Um, and, and part of life, just part of life is ups and downs. And there's no successful person that I know. But when I say success, it's not always about money success. It's about happiness. It's about your family. It's about your relationships. Whether it's a relationship that you're in, whether it's, you know, financial, whether it's a job. No one goes, I don't know anyone who's had smooth sailing and never had anything bad go wrong. Um, So when I say that I get back into the game, I do. Um, It doesn't mean I don't feel bad. It doesn't mean that I don't, I haven't cried myself to sleep sometimes. Uh, Although I don't sleep, so I can't cry myself to sleep. but uh, But I wipe myself off and I get back because that there's no there's no positive thing that happens about just you know trying to say well you know what I failed and I have a sign on my uh, office and I I have stationery that says that and it says success is failure turned inside out and if you're afraid to fail you'll never succeed and all I can say is there's no one that I've ever known who's successful that hasn't failed because to be successful you have to fail uh, and you have to learn that that's part of the game. And when you hear about people that are successful, you're hearing them at this place, but you probably don't know how many times they failed and got up and got back into the game. So, and as far as energy, I do have a lot of that energy. No, I don't get tired of the effort. I, you know, so sometimes I just need a break, but truthfully, I love growing. I love learning. And I always tell people the day you think you know everything, is the day, you know, it's over. I learn from everyone. I learn from people that are smarter than me, people that are in different professions. I go to many things that have nothing to do with real estate. Um, I love learning. And I and I think that it's it, it expands you, it grows you, and it keeps you stimulated. And if you look at people who retire, and I always warn people, and I say, look, if you're going to retire, you need to have something you're going to do. I mean, you know, whether you're a great golfer, you have to have some activity, but just to retire and do nothing, okay, is really not not good and 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 not healthy. So I think that always aspiring. I think you should get out of the box. We all tend to like, you know, I'm in real estate, so like everything in real estate, real estate, real estate. I go to things that sometimes have nothing to do with real estate. I like to learn about things that. Ha- to be a little bit more well-rounded and to learn. So I think learning is key. Um, I don't know about you, Steve or Ace. What is your philosophy on that? I think it's always about understanding that we have a higher purpose and what we want to do and focus in on as individuals. And I agree with you that we always want to be doing something. And if you don't, Unless if you take a swing, you know, make a baseball metaphor. Unless if you take a swing, you'll never know if you'll hit or miss. And, you know, in baseball, if you get a hit 30% of the time, you're an all-star. That means 70% of the time they took a swing and they missed. And they didn't get, and they got an out. And so that's okay. And, and honestly, that's some of the beauty of New York and, and America. There is this creative destruction, if you've heard that phrase before, that happens. People try things. They, they're constantly tinkering. And there's room for failure and rebirth to have new things. And this is also, I think, what we're going through right now. You know, we, we've, we've taken a lot of punches because of COVID. But because of that, 
there is an opportunity and there's all sorts of new and interesting ideas and developments being proposed, how we use outdoor space. People are going to reimagine how we interact with our space and there's wonderful opportunity in real estate. So I think it's a matter of keep pushing, keep trying um, and, and just um, doing what you love and you will find success as long as you keep pushing forward. I think Steven and Dottie, you know, change is, is a part of life. And I think that's the reason why, you know, people should, con- should continue to educate themselves, uh, listen to shows like this to keep in the know. Because if you look at companies like Blockbuster, Toys R Us, they're no longer around. Um, they've been replaced by Netflix and Amazon. And, you know, individuals like ourselves, we have to continue to evolve and change with the times because, that's that's what keeps us from um, continuing to grow as not even individuals, but as business folks. And, you know, it's it, you know, COVID taught us a lot to just, you know, hit that reset button and be more connected with family, um, work on your relationships. So, you know, times will continue to change. Um, I don't know what the future has for all of us here, um, but I think um, as long as we're, we have an open mind and we're continuing to evolve, and get better as individuals and, and, and human beings, I think we'll, we'll be in a much better place. Um, you know, it's the, it's the folks that are, are narrow-minded and not open to change and not open to new ideas, ideologies that continue to fall behind year after year, right? So I think no matter what age you are, um, no matter what, you know, where you come from, I think just having an open mind and learning about new things whether it's Bitcoin, whether it's real estate, whether it's a stock market, it will all give you more knowledge towards investing in yourself and investing in your family as well. So, you know, th- those are my thoughts, Dottie. Good. Um, dear Dottie, I just got a home equity loan and the bank wants to send a closer to my house. What is a closer? Do I need someone to represent me? Is it unusual for a mortgage to be signed in someone's house? Yeah, Dottie. So there's, um, you know, we in today's in today's day and age, you can close That's anywhere, right? So, so you know, Stephen can probably answer that. But if you're if you're taking out a home equity line of credit, I suggest that you still have an attorney just to go through the numbers, make sure that you know what you signed up for is what you're getting. Someone like Stephen. Um, is is ideal, right? You want to have someone um, go there, make sure that if you're closing at your home, basically a closer is um, someone that's representing the bank that's actually closing on the documentation on what you agreed upon in, ter- in, in regards to the terms of the, of the home equity line of credit. So having Stephen in outside counsel be there with you at your home and just reviewing the documentation is, is always recommended to make sure that what you're signing is exactly what you're getting as well, right? So so that there's no miscommunication or anything like that with the bank. And, and I think we're up kind of to the break, but what I'll do is I'll give the legal perspective right after the break. Thanks, Stephen. This is Dennis Prager along with fellow host Mike Gallagher. We both want to invite you to join us for the trip 
of a lifetime to the Holy Land this October. I personally can't get enough of the great state of Israel and its historical significance. Join us to be amazed and inspired. Dennis and I have planned out every minute of this trip in detail with Salem Media Group and our trusted travel partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours. You'll have the best experience imaginable. We're confident by October our trip will be safe, so register today worry-free until July 6th with no cancellation fees. We'll sail on the Sea of Galilee in boats that are replicas of the ones Jesus sailed in with his disciples. Experience unforgettable cuisine and join us for an authentic Sabbath service. It's something you'll never forget. Go to StandWithIsraelTour.com to register or call 855-565-5519. That's StandWithIsraelTour.com. Book worry-free until July 6th. Hi, I'm Valerie Smaldone. Want you to join me this Sunday on Bagels and Broadway from 2 to 3 because you'll find out about a farm in Pennsylvania that provides organic food and theater. They're presenting a world premiere play in May. That's going to be a live performance. Also, a Grammy-winning sound engineer and producer talks about his long career working with the greats. Plus, find out about Zoom cooking classes with a celebrity chef. All on this Sunday's Bagels and Broadway at 2. Hey, it's Joe Piscopo. My friends over at Route 22 Toyota want me to remind you that if you're tired of dealing with dummies, get over to the state-of-the-art service facility in Hillside, New Jersey, please. Alex Kinsella has the entire team staying safe, wearing masks, socially distancing, fogging vehicles with every single service to make sure they're disinfected. At Route 22 Toyota, they always get it right. They're doing their part to stay safe. Plus, right now, Route 22 Toyota is offering qualified buyers more reasons than ever to get into a new Toyota, like 0% APR financing up to five years and zero down leases on some of your favorite Toyota models. Call 855-621-9949 for details and make sure to tell them Joe sent you. 855-621-9949 to schedule a test drive and Route 22 Toyota will get you driving a new Toyota with 0% interest or zero down leases. Now that is the smart way to buy. Route 22 Toyota, Route 22 West in Hillside, New Jersey or at Route 22 Toyota. Hey, you should move over. Red, right, return. Right, red, right, return. No, just red, right, return because you're... No, I'm saying red, right, return, but then right to agree. Okay, but you're on the... I should have said correct. I know it's red, right, return, but... You're on the left and it's red, right, return. Red, right, return. The tides can turn quick on the water. Progressive has you covered as a leader in boat insurance. Get a quote today at progressive.com. Oh, I was on the left. Right. Please stop talking. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. Hi, we're back. You're listening to I on Real Estate. Uh, we were in the middle of talking about, I guess, somebody doing a home equity loan and having somebody comes to their home um, to do the closing. And again, we, I think Ace and Stephen and myself, we really feel you should have an attorney present. We don't think you should just do it. Um, I guess if someone's bedridden or they have a reason that they can't get out of the house, fine. But for the most part, I, I'm not a believer of somebody coming to your house. I think you should go to their office and have somebody present that knows exactly what you're signing. Stephen, I well, think yeah, you were- the, yeah, the representative that shows up 
is there to make sure that all the documents are signed and completed appropriately for the bank. They're not there to represent the borrower. And while the documents tend to be fairly standardized, mistakes do happen. And also their, their job is not really to explain it to the borrower, especially when you have someone go to the home. It's really usually just somebody who's a notary public, which while a government, technically a government office, the reality is they're just there to make sure the person signing is in fact that person. And they're not really there to explain documents. And the one thing I'll warn people about lines of credit, they're actually, the credit line agreement tends to be a little bit more complicated than a mortgage note. Because in a mortgage, you get all your money at closing, the terms are fairly set. With credit lines, you it's like a credit card secured by real estate. You could get some of it now, you might get none of it now, and there are terms that you can borrow and pay back. And so you just want to make sure you fully understand what you're signing. If you feel comfortable enough, and you're sophisticated enough, okay, but it's really, you just want to know what you're getting yourself into. Exactly. And one quick last one. Um, my condo building has its own gym. I was injured in the gym because of a problem with the equipment. I want them to pay my doctor's bills. The building manager said I should see if my condo insurance covers it. Who is responsible for accidents in a building's gym? So most gyms, including building gyms, will have you sign some sort of waiver of liability form. Now, the first thing I want to point out with most of these forms, just because you sign it doesn't mean that they do anything to protect the gym. Everyone's going to have you sign it, and then what's going to happen, you're going to look into it. Now, will your homeowner's insurance cover you uh, on it? If you have a standard condo insurance policy, probably not. And, and I say probably not because it depends who your carrier is. And this is where there's a big difference in homeowner's insurance. I've seen condo insurance as cheap as about $300 a year. I've some, seen some be a couple thousand dollars a year. And then sometimes you have supplemental policies, you have special artwork or jewelry or things like that. But it really boils down to liability. Um, you know, you may want to, and, and I know I, I always get a little bit of, this is the part of, I hate to say, the, the bar says, the bar that I'm not always, always happy with when you see some of these ads, but you may want to talk to a personal injury attorney. <laughs> they'll, uh, they'll know what those waivers really mean or not. And I will tell people this, a waiver does not get waive responsibility, right? If you own a gym and you don't maintain things, you can still be responsible if you have a waiver. If you have weights that are 50 pounds and you label them 10 pounds and somebody gets hurt, you're going to be negligent. If you're not cleaning the equipment, maintaining it, there are hazards. If you have, let's say, a treadmill and let's say the tread on it is worn out and people trip on it, you have a duty to maintain it regardless of some waiver. So it's a little bit more of an in-depth question. And I would recommend asking more than one person. And again, keep in mind the super for the building works for the building, not for you. Right, but also keep in mind that depending on how much your doctor's bill is, okay, uh, it might not be enough money to really get into a whole hassle with your building and be on the outs with them. So maybe you could, in a good way, be able to kind of say, maybe you, maybe they'll split the difference or something like that. I mean, I'm always a believer before you go to the root of suing, especially over a doctor's visit, unless your doctor charges an exorbitant amount of money, 
usually try to work it out. Usually, I mean, it's not enough money to really, usually a doctor's visit's not going to be enough money to really get into a whole litigation over, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, you're going to probably have health insurance as a person. And then, I mean, it, honestly, those, you know, despite, and even those make a little bit of joke at their expense, the reality is they're not going to take a case if you just, you know, had a little bit of an ankle twist. There has to be real injury, right. loss of income, things like that. There's really more to it. And and you're right. I mean, the first thing always talk to people. Guess as Dottie said. I mean, you know, sometimes people don't know what's going on, and they get worked up and they take a position, and they don't even know what the real story is. So first, try to yeah get the whole story out there. Okay, Steve. I know that we were going to. You had a lot of things that we could probably do next week because uh, you had things that people are having contracts to sign. And I really wanted to do that. I don't think we have more than five minutes left. And I did promise that I would just give you a little glimpse of what to expect in the summer, uh, what to expect in real estate in the summer. And again, anything can change. But the way we're looking at it, the summer of 2021 is continued to see very low inventory. And Rental affordability issues are going to be a rising problem because as prices continue to escalate, uh, that makes affordability harder. So uh, I would always suggest somebody gets pre-approved and goes to uh, Citizens and ACE to find out what they can afford. Um, 2021 uh, hasn't slowed down the homeowners' uh, rapid growth in home prices, and we don't see it slowing down because there's no inventory. So we see prices really continuing to grow. I am seeing in, in not only Long Island and Hamptons and in Greenwich, I, I we're seeing prices where people are bidding way over ask price just to get it because there's so little inventory. So we continue to see that through the summer. Um, some housing trends that were caused by the pandemic are going to continue, uh, even though we, we are hoping that we're trying to get to the last stages of this, uh, this uh, virus. Interest rates may rise slightly, which, uh, but are still re- relatively low through the summer. Ace, you agree with that? Probably. Um, I agree, Daddy. I agree. Sorry about that. I agree. I, I agree totally. So they, we'll see. they might rise slightly, but they're still very low. Um, the home inventory will increase, but will stay a seller's market. So there might be more people putting their homes on the market because they're listening to our show. And I'm telling them, if you are going to sell the next three years, put it on now. You're going to get top dollar. So inventory will loosen up a bit. We'll have a little bit more, but it'll still be very tight. Okay, so it's not that there's going to be so much that it changes prices. Home buyers will still be focused in the suburbs, but interest in the city living will see some revival. And we're starting to see a revival again in the city uh, where people are coming back and true New Yorkers say, hey, there's no place like New York. So we're seeing a revival come back in the city. Rental assistance will ease some eviction worries. For renters, but the financial impact of the pandemic will be long lasting. Um, so, uh, new construction is going to increase, but it's still short. Uh, there'll be many new households, creation of new households because of the low interest rates. 
The number on the homes on the market in March was 52% lower than in March of 2020. And uh, home buyers can expect to compete with others in the home office. So you're going to see a very competitive market going through the summer. Uh, you're going to, and we'll talk about how to make an offer. I think next week that would be a good idea how to strategically make an offer and win, or at least try to win. Uh, but as I said, I was asked to be on a show and I, I said, well, listen, I'm not just going to be in a bidding and bid so much money just to win that I overpay by a lot. So I think that you want to win, but you don't want to spend like way over the amount just to win. Um, selling a major contributor will be a low supply. So again, you're in the driver's seat. If you're a seller, it'll be a seller's market. As many grow hopeful to the end of the pandemic, some sellers appear to be more inclined to re-enter the market, okay? A lot of people just stood still, okay? Uh, so it looks like we're just going to have pretty much the same and as the same interest rates look the same. Renting, the impact has been far less kind to the rental market in the U.S. Uh, than the homeowner's market because rents haven't really gone up that much, uh, I know in the city, they're looking at a lot of different things, air purification systems um, and things of nature to make everything safe so that people can come back to work. Um, it looks like people are going to start coming back to work. They're going to try to push it. I think the mayor said he's asking people to go back to work in the spring. So we're going to start to see more and more people going back to work. But again, I don't think it's going to be ever back to the way it was. I think it'll be a combination. Um, we are we are going to continue to see the economic recovery, lower coronavirus infection rates, and distributed federal rental assistance. I was going to do it today. I'll have to do it next week. Stephen, another topic is if you are going to, uh, are they going to let you stay to the end of the year now? End of the year? The, uh, yeah. You're talking about the post-closing protections? No, if you like haven't paid rent, it was to be May. Now I think. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, it's still, it's still up for grabs. Like we can give an update on the rental next week. We'll give you an running update. Running out of time. Yeah, but now it's a wonderful day out. We're um, about to have some warm weather, or at least nice. It was like ice the other day, but I thought it was Alaska. Enjoy the outside, enjoy the sunshine, enjoy the life, enjoy the life, and enjoy us. Have a nice weekend. Bye now. Bye, guys. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman.